Hello, everyone, and we are back with another Boxing Hipster Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen the Warman Wright. You can catch me on Twitter at Stephen the Warman, one word. I am also on the gram at the exact same thing, Stephen the Warman. So I'm joined, as always, by the Boxing Hipster himself, the Stream Master, the guy who puts more time and effort into this more than anybody that I know on the planet, Ryan Scalia. Say what's up to the people. Yeah, what's up, people? I'm just the Boxing Hipster. Um... I've told my Twitter too many times, so I'm not bother repeating it. You know where to find me. Okay, cool. We'll go ahead and jump right into it. So I'm a young boxer, young boxer, African-American boxer, and I'm growing up in BK, Brooklyn. Brooklyn moved around a few times, but we're settled in BK now. It's a little bit different than when I was... Uh, uh, younger, you know what I'm saying, a lot more hipster-ish, if you will, but nevertheless, I grew up in uh, Brooklyn, and I want to box, man, I want to work, uh, where would you suggest I get started if I were to find a gym? Well, in Brooklyn, there's obviously uh, Eason's, which everybody will know about, you know, that's one of the most, you know, storied, famous uh, boxing gyms in America, basically, and, uh, or you could to I don't know like what the gym's called or whatever but like Andre Rosier's gym where mm. they you know where they have Dan Jacobs and all, all the Ukrainians and those guys those are two main ones I'd say okay so I get settled in at Gleason's I'm starting to have some some success starting to win some amateur bouts uh the opportunity a gentleman comes up to me and says hey We've got an opportunity for you to go pro. Uh, I run it by you, and I'm like, hey, man, I've been doing this amateur thing, but I'm only, you know, 36 and 3. Do I stay in the amateur circuit? Uh, we've got the, you know, um, uh, I would at least like to win Golden Gloves for the state. That opportunity is coming up. But at the same time, my family's poor. Are you going to throw me some money so that my family can get by, or are you going to tell me to go pro uh, so that I can start making money on my own? How old are you? I am 18 years old. Well, I definitely stay through the New York Golden Gloves. If you, if you win the New York Golden Gloves, then you're going to open a whole bunch more eyeballs than if you hadn't of fought in it. So it's, you're better off fighting the New York Golden Gloves because there'll be good competition, you get good experience out of it. And uh, you know, if you do, do well, then you'll open some more eyeballs. And then if you obviously, if you win... New York Golden Gloves, you can probably go to National Golden Gloves, and if you do well there, there's even more eyeballs there, so it's probably better to do that, you know, unless the, you know, the signing bonus is just really good, then, but I doubt it. So you've got no problem throwing my family some money to help me get through the tough times? <laughs> depends. You know, a lot, of, a lot of managers are just like rich businessmen who boxing is kind of like a side hobby for them so they have a lot of money to invest so if they got to throw like a signing bonus to some guy but you're my manager you're a manager what what role are you are you strictly a manager or you could be whatever you want do you own Viacop (laughs) (laughs) well I'd probably I'd probably tell you I'd be like listen go to New York Golden Gloves and you know if you don't make it to National Golden Gloves, then turn pro. But if you keep winning, then go as go as far as you can. You know, to 
I don't know, Ryan. It sounds like you're evading. I need $1,200 to cover rent and some extra expenses for my family. Can you cover me for a couple months? Well, if you were, if you were like an Olympian or something, you would get that. You would get a monthly stipend and sign a bonus. But, but, but right now, I'm just a guy looking to go to New York, going gloves. I'm asking, do you believe in me enough? To put the money behind me for a short period of time. I get paid in two weeks, but I don't have the money right now. Well, not yet. I mean, that's just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give you the money yet. Oh, no. <laughs> just, that's, that's just the reality. You got you to gotta, you gotta prove it first. All right, cool. So, uh, remember, you haven't, you haven't gone pro yet. Correct. So. I'm not your manager yet. Okay. So you're my advisor, though. You're my advisor. I'm saying advisor. Is there any way you could throw me some money? Uh, you've seen me fight. Uh, do you believe in my skills enough to think that I could take New York? And if I could take New York, it goes bigger things. I'm just asking, could you cover $1,200 so me and my family can get to the next month? I'm working a regular job, but I just ran into a situation. Yeah, I'll give you 1200 because... If I'm going to be managing guys, then I should have enough money to be able to give 1200 to you. And I'm off. Spawned by you believing in me. Get some bills taken care of. I think you're the guy for me. I go out and I dominate. I dominate. I get, you know, four stoppages on that week of the uh, Golden Gloves, and I get all the buzz. I go over to Nationals. I dominate Nationals as well. I am the U.S. National Champion. And they asked me if I would like to move out to Colorado Springs to do it full-time. Do I leave Gleason's, uh, who would probably be a better fit for grooming me towards the pro, to go out to Colorado to work on just being with a, a, uh, a style of boxing that will prepare me specifically for Olympic scoring? What would you suggest? Do I stay home in New York, or do I go ahead and take the opportunity to go to Colorado? At this point, you know, you've shown to me that you're good and you have a lot of potential. So as long as you're sticking with me, then I'd say go to Colorado because you're going to go with me anyway, right? That is correct. You're my guy. Yeah, so, so you might as well get as experienced as you can in the amateurs. I mean, if you're only 18 or 19 now, then I would go there because if you're going to go with me anyway, then you might as well you know, get even better before you go pro. What are your thoughts on the uh, people who are coaching the current, uh, you know, crop of U.S. Olympians? And what's your current your your perspective of those who are working uh, in Colorado now, coaching wise? Uh, I too am one of those guys who'm not not so big on it. I like my coaches back at Gleason's, but if I make the Olympic team, it's going to be one of these guys. What are your thoughts on them uh, as coaches for me? Well, as far as the U.S. goes, you're actually not at the national training camp most of the time mm -hmm. but uh, the coaches I mean they have Billy Walsh you know who was the who basically like reinvigorated the whole Irish boxing program and so he's a really good coach obviously you know he's more of an amateur coach but I mean you're still gonna get really good training from him you know because look what he did with Ireland and now he completely turn them around so I think it's worth the experience you're going to learn some more things under a good coach 
So I'm starting to go through the Olympic trials. Everything's looking good. Lo and behold, a promoter comes up to me and says, I will give you a $2 million signing bonus to Tone Pro on the spot. But you and I have been talking, and uh, Tokyo's right around the corner, and I really want to pursue it. Uh, but $2 million is a pretty good start. Pretty good, you know. Uh, what would you advise me to do at this period of time? I do have recognition. I do have notoriety. I've been in a couple rap videos. I've been doing some things to get myself out there. Uh, but what would you suggest? Well, you take the two million because if something goes wrong after that, you're not going to get the two million ever again, right? Mm. So you might as well capitalize on that opportunity because that's a huge amount of money, you know. And uh, who knows? Maybe like you lose your first fight at the, maybe you get knocked out at the Olympics, and then that offer's gone. So you have to take that while it's available. Got it. So no Olympics for me. First time I think the stream or uh, the street master. First time the boxing hipster has ever, ever, ever said not to go to the Olympics for a guy. Two million dollars is a lot of money. Money talks. Money talks. So I decided to go pro, and I get a good run. I start off with a lot of KOs and so on. I am, you know, fighting. Uh, I'm a middleweight, by the way. So I go ahead and I start getting a good streak of of, of wins, and all of a sudden. I'm only 14 fights into my career. Somebody drops. They ask me if I want to fight for a title in England. I'm only 14 fights in. I have never gone against anybody who I would say has given me good opposition, good resistance. Everybody I've fought, I've been able to. I'm the better athlete. I've got the, you know, the sharper tools athletically, and I've been able to stop them. They offered me a title fight against a guy who is 28 no um, a local favorite at being in his hometown. The money is okay, not great. So uh, they're asking me if I would fight the kid for $1 million flat. Uh, he is taking home $3 million. Uh, what would be your thoughts? Do I keep developing uh, as a boxer to prepare myself for more wins when I get to the pro level? Or at this period of time, do you say, you know what, that's a million-dollar check. Uh, I think you can catch this kid. What are your thoughts? What do I do? Take the money because that's that's too much to turn down. And, you know, even if you lose, you're still going to learn a lot from it. So I, I think it's worth it to, to take the money there and go for it, you know. If, uh, I mean, really, you're an, you're an unproven fighter. So just by being in the world title fight like that, your stock is going to, pretty much go up no matter what happens you know as long as you don't get like KO in the first round so I think your stock goes up either way just by being involved in that fight because then you've been in a world title fight you know you, if you lose you're still a world title challenger and you learn a lot from it so I think either way it's worth it on both ends even though I've only got 14 fights you would still say go? One million dollars. All right. So I go. uh, I take the opportunity. I lose. I am stopped in the ninth round. He just had more tools than me. He knew more about the game. Um, I go home. uh, I'm thinking about reevaluating everything. I want to leave my coach. I want to leave my gym. So on. What do you tell me at that period of time? uh, You know, uh, coming off of a loss. What do you do if you're the guy who's working with a fighter that lost their first big opportunity? Well, since you got stopped... Obviously, I would say, you know, uh, you know, just take a week or two off, like, of training in general, but don't spar for, like, two months at least, because...
because uh, you know you don't want to just add to you know the punishment that you already took in that fight. So don't spar for quite a while. But uh, you know after your little initial break, just you know keep working away in the gym. And yeah, it's it's pretty simple. You just start re rebuilding. You know. Uh, Go in with maybe get one like confidence booster fight and then gradually build up again. So I go back in it. I win three fights. I'm uh, starting to get my confidence back, starting to get my feel back. Lo and behold, I get another opportunity, this time in Germany, to come over and fight for a world title. I speak to you that I'm a little worried that people are bringing me in as an opponent, and because of those losses, I haven't had the opportunity to be an A site ever in my career. Do we keep building my brand here, or do we go for it? They are offering me $2 million for this opportunity. Once again, that's way too much money to turn down. I mean, a lot of guys don't make that in their whole career. So $2 million, $2 million in Germany, you definitely have to take that. It's just way too much, way too much money to turn down. And, you know... German fighters nowadays generally just aren't that good, so you know you got a you got a decent chance to win. And you know even if you get robbed, you know you still got paid two million, and people still know that you should be world champion. So it, once again, I think it's a thing where your stock doesn't really go down. So I go in there, I win eight of four rounds, and somehow I lose on two tour cards, and I lose a decision. I am now beaten up. I'm getting opportunities all the time. Uh, that time, I am, like, beaten up me mentally. Uh, I don't know if I want to do this fight thing anymore. I'm getting fights all the time. It has nothing to do with my health. I just don't believe in the system. I haven't gotten my uh, gotten the wins. Uh, I thought that I was rushed into a title fight early. Uh, what do you do if you've got to play the role of confidence builder to a guy who, you know, arguably should have got his, you know, his hand raised, but now I'm doubting the whole system in general. Could I have gotten the same fight in New York? Uh, I've never gotten to be an A-side. What Did I ruin my career by not going to the Olympics? Um, what do you say as far as being in the room, managing, and trying to rebuild someone's mind after the sport seems like it's going not going their way? Because I've got money, but I didn't start this thing for the money. I just ended up taking it. I mean, you probably just do a longer, uh, well, how old are you by now? I am 27. Yeah, so you can just strictly rebuild for two or three years because, you know, say two million signing bonus, one million for that first world title fight, two million, two million for the second world title fight, obviously you subtract all the, the takeaway, the deductions and all that stuff, you know, you still made quite a lot. So you're good as long as, you know, you didn't waste all your money. But uh, you can still rebuild for two or three years. So I take two or three years off. You talk me into fighting again. I take my time. I fight off TV. I try to build it up. I mean, there are jokes about me as it never was and could have been and that kind of stuff, whatever. But I just I do it the long route. Then we get two opportunities. One is to fight this new, uh, 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 young, you know, good-looking, uh, you know, Olympian uh, who, you know, competed at 160, who's now looking for his first title belt opportunity at 160. He is going to, they're offering me that fight in Vegas. They're offering me $1.5 million for the opportunity. 
But I also got a, another opportunity to fight the guy that I lost to at the beginning of my career who was asking me to come out. He's suffered a couple losses. Uh, he got himself back up in the rankings, and now there's a vacant title on the play, and he wants to fight me for it. They are not offering 1.5. They're offering one flat. Seeing my career, seeing uh, my development, it's clear that I have the better chance of fighting and having success against the guy who I fought and lost to in England. Uh, but they're offering more money for the fight in Vegas. Which one would you have me do? That's an, that's an interesting one. I mean, it seems like uh, it seems like the more dangerous fight is obviously the one in Vegas against the young guy. But the more winnable fight is the one in England. I mean, there's a difference in $500,000, but... So let's just say you're <clears throat> you're probably gonna lose to the guy in Vegas, right? Good chance, good chance. Okay, I could so. beat him, but I'm just saying that's the the way they. I'd definitely be the the most of a B side that I've ever been in my life for that fight. Well, I mean, I'd still go to England for the one million because you have a better chance to win that fight. If you win that fight, then. <laughs> You know, you can move forward and, you know, keep keep earning and get better fights. But if you lose to the guy in Vegas, then you're kind of done. Unless you just want to be an opponent to everyone. So I take your advice. I go and I take the fight in England and I win it. I stop the guy who stopped me. They then call for a rematch because, you know, we were both one and one. I win the rematch. I've got good money put away. I'm doing good things. The gentleman that I avoided in Vegas now would like to fight me to unify the titles. Uh, how much money are you getting me for this? If we're talking about a split, they feel like he's the A-side on TV because I just fought on, you know, I've only been a title holder in England. So uh, 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 a guy who fought in England three times. Um, so most people in America don't know me, despite the fact that I'm from Brooklyn. I've had very few opportunities to fight in my own state, so I didn't get to develop that name because I didn't go the Olympic route. I went straight pro. In your personal opinion, you're, you're negotiating. They come to you and they say, hey, this fight. And by the way, you know that the metrics say that this fight's probably going to do about $100 million. You know, that's what they think is they're going to do overall with pay-per-view buys and gate and all that kind of stuff, whatever. Because uh, we're not doing this one in Vegas. We're doing this one in the Cowboy Stadium. So we're, we're just saying something lofty. $100 million, $150 million, Let's go ahead and throw that out there. They think they're going to make $150 million. They come at you and they say, hey, we'll pay them $5 million. What do you say to them? You say, get lost. It's, it has to be at least 10. <laughs> <laughs> at least 10? So, again. Well, if it's going to make like $100 to $150 million, Yes. Then you can't take five. Correct. And you have to factor in like you're going to percentage of the pay-per-view. Like if you made... Two million to fight as an opponent in Germany, then it doesn't make any sense to only make five for like a mega unification fight that's going to do 100 to 150 on pay per view. Well, you know how they do in negotiations. They lowball you first. You know what I'm saying? See what they'll take. So, what is the final number that we sit at if you know it's going to make $150 million, and that's including pay per view? What do you think I should get paid flat, and what percentage of pay-per-view do I get? And what's, your, and what's your reasoning? 
That's an interesting one because. Hey, you're my manager. I just I just fight guys. All right, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've never I've never been involved in a big pay per view before. Uh, flat. What are you talking about? This is the fifth time we've done this segment. You've managed many champions. It's <laughs> <laughs> hmm, interesting. Well, I mean, if you think about the guarantees, like how much? Uh, do you know off the top of your head how much Mayweather Pacquiao uh, generated? Ah, uh, I can't over remember. Two hundred. Uh, I can't remember what the final number was. I thought it was over three. I wonder, Canelo Golovkin, that may be over, I'm not sure, but, I mean, that's, 100 to 150 million in revenue is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I think you should do, like, like Manny Pacquiao was getting, like, a 25 million Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, Floyd was getting like a $32 million guarantee from Showtime. Yes. So, if it's going to generate like that much, then you try to get as close to that figure as possible. You know, even though you're the, you're the B-side here. Yes, I am. So, the other guy is going to get the lion's share, but... This is unification fight, and you know you're a, ch- a champion. Then you kind of have some type of leverage because you have the belts. So. And he ain't getting this title without. He's not getting this fight, this recognition for this fight without me. Right. So I mean, you try to get it somewhere closer to like twenty-five. Mm-hmm. I suppose, and then. Pay-per-view percentage, I guess. That's how which which percentage right. of the pay-per-view? Hmm. Percentage is like, I've never really looked into. Well, Pacquiao got 40. He got 40% of pay-per-view? Mm-hmm, I thought it was 40-60. That was the big argument, wasn't it? That's the revenues, like the first split. Okay. Isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure about the specifics of pay-per-view, but... Yeah, that one's a little bit weirder, for sure. The, the way the breakdown of it's for sure, whatever. But if you were to give a percentage of how much you would want me to get, what would you ask for? Well, I'll give a number, actually. So, I want you to get... At least, like, 10 to 15 million from the pay-per-view. I know it's not a percentage. But. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up with this. I win this big fight. I shock the world. They didn't think I had a chance. I, I don't just win it. I stop them. I stop them in the eighth. It was competitive back and forth. Uh, now they want to do the fight again because he, he's just it's eating at him. He can't let me go walking the earth having a W over him. Um, I have only got to fight in my hometown one time. The garden comes to you for a bid for the fight. And they say, hey, we would like to have this fight. Uh, we will um, try to compete with whatever else they do. But the guy is determined to have it on the West Coast. He doesn't trust Texas. He doesn't trust anything but Vegas and California. If you're sitting down and you're negotiating with me, 
and MGM's at the you know at the table. Do you say MGM as long as you match, we'll do the fight there because we do have a little bit of leeway here, or we do have a little bit of leverage here, or do you say let's just do it on the West Coast and you know cash out if you will? No, we do it in Vegas because then we can get the casino money. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to offer more than the West Coast is offering, so got to go with Vegas because we can't outbid the casinos. And then you can also leverage the casinos into giving you like future future dates and future future things. Basically, I mean, you could probably make a deal with like the MGM where it's like, okay, well, if we do the fight here, you're gonna give me a bunch of free nights at your hotel. Like, <laughs> even, like you you could go way down into like the little fine prints on the contract where it says got to give me so many free nights at the hotel and stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, you can leverage, like, the casinos into a lot. So, you got to go to Vegas. Hilarious. Well, so that'll go ahead and wrap it up. We do do the fight in Vegas. Uh, we get a split. He wins a decision on me, and then we go a third fight. And uh, for hilarity's sake, we'll call that fight a draw. And I retire with a bunch of money. Don't think I'll be an all-time legend. Won't be all-time great, but I did win a title, and I did put away a lot of money. We're going to go ahead and go to the fight action. Uh, thank you guys who have been following and have fun with us through that segment. We'll go ahead and talk about the combat sports athletes that you love as we go to Terrence Crawford, who will be fighting Felix Diaz. Um, they're fighting in the garden, and I've got a question for you, and this is actually something that I've been thinking about a lot. Terrence Crawford, he is a good fighter. He has not seemed to, excuse me, he's one of the best fighters in the world. Uh, but he hasn't seemed to pick up steam uh, as far as boxing recognition goes. It's like when he fights, everybody's like, oh, you know, uh, for example, I feel no buzz at all for a Tans Crawford fight this weekend. Like, I don't feel it from anybody. I don't feel it on Twitter. I don't feel it online. Last week, you know, we, well, I mean, we, or a couple weeks ago when we had um, Canelo, I always feel like there's buzz to him, you know, no matter what. Now, again, he is the pay-per-view draw in the sport, but I feel like there's buzz no matter who he fights, where he fights. For this particular battle with Felix Diaz, I was like, okay, it's almost like a ho-hum guy thrown out there. Crawford is in definite, you know, despite what we think Diaz is going to do competitive-wise, Crawford is in big-time need of uh, a, a guy to push his brand forward. So um, who do you think, first of all, I'll go ahead and ask you, uh, you pro- probably clearly have uh, Crawford winning this fight, but what do you think this does for the name power of Terrence Crawford? Because even if he wins by KO, I still don't feel like it's moving anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just a buying time fight, even though Diaz is a good opponent, but it is in New York, and that's one of the places where you boost the guy's profile, but... Uh, May I ask Crawford. why? May I ask why do you feel it's in New York? Because Crawford's a draw. He's a draw in his home yeah. state. So why would they do this? Well, I don't think they want to go back to Omaha with him because there's too many too many distractions there for him. I mean, you know, you have the body shop incident. Yep. And then uh, that video of you know, him in the parking lot with all those people and just a bunch of stuff like that so I don't think they want to go back there again because they want to make him like a, a nationwide boxing star not just a star in Omaha mm-hmm. so New York is like the media capital of the world so that's where they want to bring him I mean his fight at the, the theater against Hank Lundy did pretty good so I'm trying to go back here again but the thing is 
he kind of kind of brought it on himself because uh, you know he kind of shut out the media by he's, he's not really talking to anyone and you know then you have like the body shops stuff and all that for sure how do you think this fight plays out um I think you know the first few rounds will be pretty close because Crawford will just take a look at him but uh, then he'll do what Terrence Crawford does and takes over the fight and uh, you know, I I think it'll I think it might go the distance you know maybe Crawford stops him in like the 11th or something but I think it'll go the distance and Crawford will make the decision do you think that there is or is there an opponent out there that you think uh, it may not necessarily make him a star, but definitely make him somebody that um, more people will pay attention to his skill set for? Do you think that that person exists out there? And the reason why I ask it is because, you know, when he beat Gamboa, I think that there was this, you know, this is it. This is the guy. This is the star. That was the, the fight that he needed to, to win. Um, but uh, uh, I feel like, and this is me personally, it doesn't matter who the guy is across from him. I don't know if that recognition is going to come unless he does like you know, beats like a Lomachenko. You know what I'm saying? If without that, I just feel like he's just going to be another guy who made okay money in the sport, got a little bit of recognition for for his fighting skills, but never became a star. Do you think that there's any fight out there that could make him a star? Adrian Broner. I definitely would help. Because <laughs> I'd say Broner, who's not as accomplished, I'd still say Broner's a boxing star. A lot of people talk about Broder, whether you love him or hate him. Yes, yes. So, uh, so you would like that fight? You think that's a possibility next? Uh, do you think Broner can make one forty again? I mean, I don't know if he'll make weight, but the, the fight they'd let it happen anyway because the reward is too big. Um, I mean, I know. I think Top Rank wants to make the fight. You know, I think uh, I saw Steve Kim say that. So. I think it's a possibility for later in the year. And especially, you know, they want to get Broner to fight before he screws up and yep. ends up in jail. Before he goes Broner. So yeah. uh, so we'll go ahead and move down the card. Uh, Remuda Beltran is going to get Jonathan uh, uh, Macelo. I think that um, Jonathan's a guy who, if you look, you know, on his you know, box rec, you'll notice that he's, he's uh, kind of been, you know, opponent slash good opposition for some other guys. He's got some some good wins here and there. Uh, Beltran is clearly the guy that I would say that they are, you know, trying to push in this situation. Um, uh, what do you think uh, of Beltran, and what do you think happens in this one? Yeah, I mean, Ray Beltran, he's been around a long time. You know, he was originally kind of like a journeyman, but then he really worked his way to being a contender. For sure. He fought Crawford uh, back in the day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And Ricky Burns, where he got robbed and should have been world champion, but this is a eliminator for the IBF. Um, Beltran's definitely the favorite. You know, Jonathan Micello has bounced back, you know, with his win over Jose Felix Jr. But uh, I think, you know, Beltran is just a lot. Beltran's is better in every aspect, and, you know, I expect him to win um, maybe a later stoppage. Any fight on the non-television card that you would like to talk about? Well, I mean, the Shakur Stevenson second pro fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, Teofimo Lopez, really good prospect. Uh, and then uh, Olympic gold medalist Fazdin Gavizaro, second pro fight. For sure. Got uh, Stevens on the... Uh... On the left coast, if you will, <laughs> they they switched it up. <laughs> Decided that that first run wasn't what they were expected. We'll go ahead and sure. um, yeah, I definitely think that he should be groomed there. I understood it. I'm not going to go too crazy about what happened there, you know, as far as them showcasing and whatever. But uh, yeah, that crowd was not in favor of the young man. But on round number two, fight number two, hopefully a different outcome. We're going to go ahead, and there are two Showtime cards going in two parts of the world. We'll start with the one that's going to start earlier as uh, Liam Walsh takes on uh, uh, Javante Davis. Davis, of course, coming off of you know a spectacular title-winning performance. If you're going to win a title, the way he did it over Pedraza is the way to do it. So he uh, became your 130-pound champion. Um, I think Walsh will have some game moments. But I just think that Davis is the better athlete and better fighter. Uh, but in particular, the athletic gifts give him a huge advantage in this one. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of want to pick the upset here. But, you know, just because of some things that uh, Pedrosa was able to do against Davis, you know, even though he was getting smashed most of the time, mm -hmm. um, I think Walsh can do those things better. But uh, you know, it's, a big, it's a big ask to like a young beastly talent like Javante Davis so I I think he just got a roll with Javante here I mean he's just uh, probably only getting better and better as well he's so young and you know Walsh doesn't have big power even though good conditioning you know he'll keep the pace up the whole time if he can try to do what Pedrasa did and kind of back him up with all those flurries, and then we could have an interesting fight, but I think you just got to go with Javante. We move down the card as we've got Anthony Yard as he goes against Chris Hobbs. Uh, what is your thoughts on this? Uh, uh, it's, you know, pretty much th this doesn't have the international flair of the other one, but I wanted to talk about it because it's the co-feature on this card. Uh, what are your thoughts on this light heavyweight tilt? Well, Anthony Yard is like, one of the, the biggest prospects in the UK, but the thing is, he hasn't really fought anyone. Um, you know, he only had like 11 amateur fights or something. But he looks like, you know, just a natural, and he's got huge power. And uh, this is his toughest fight yet, but, you know, he, it's probably just going to be another walk in the park for him. Still, just, uh, I don't think we're going to see him tested yet, even though this is his first 10-rounder for the Southern Area title. Hey, did um, Yard fought in the States, didn't he? Yeah, on the Canelo Smith undercard. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, I was like, I know why. I was like, why do I remember that name? Okay, cool, because I, I was like, I feel like he fought, and then that was here, so that's why I remember it, because it was in Arlington, if I remember correctly. So uh, we'll go ahead and move on down the card. Uh, Ryan Walsh takes on Marco McCullough. Uh, I will give this one to you and any other fight in this card you want to talk about before I go over to the night broadcast for Showtime. I think Walsh is going to win this one. You know, um, McCullough has come short a few times. You know, he has been stopped before. And uh, you know, Walsh is a really good fighter. You know, he went to a really close split decision with 
Dennis Jalen for the European title, which could have gone his way. And he's a solid all-around fighter. He's got some pretty decent power, even though he only has doesn't have that many stoppages, but his power is actually pretty decent. So I think Brian uh, Walsh probably stop him. We go on as we go, or we move on as we go to uh, Gary Russell Jr. as he takes on Oscar uh, Escondon. And uh, interesting thing, I mean, Escondon's coming off victory in his last one. He lost to Moises Flores before that by split decision. Um, Gary Russell arguably has, you know, some of the fastest, if not the fastest hands in the sport, uh, clearly neutralized by the boxing skill and savvy of, uh, you know, the, the, the great Lomachenko. But. Uh, Russell Jr. is a guy who I, I actually want to give him credit because I do feel like there's growth there. In the beginning, I thought that he was all athlete. You know, I thought that he could, you know, do some great things. He's got that long family of, of amateur uh, guys who had a lot of amateur success. I believe it's what three brothers that all won nationals. So uh, very, very skilled guy. Uh, comes from a very uh, well-taught background, but as a fighter, I thought he got away with his athleticism when he got to the pros. Uh, he goes against Lomachenko, no shame in losing to Lomachenko, who fights unlike you know anybody that we've seen. But I felt like he's gotten better, and I felt like he's even gotten meaner in some of his more recent bouts. Uh, I, I like the, you know... Uh, Clearly, the Patrick Halen was like a, a one-sided, you know, blowout. Like it just, I felt like he was, you know, superior from jump. But I like the performance. Uh, I like the Jenny Gonzalez stoppage. I feel like since that loss to Lomachenko, these last two fights, he's found his big offense and he's gotten guys out of there. Uh, now again, he's had athletic advantages in both of those fights. But I do like him uh, as a fighter, and I think that he's been putting on a show. As of late, what are your thoughts in this about going down in uh, Maryland, which they've been hitting up a lot at that uh, MGM spot? Yeah, I mean, Russell probably just has too much for Iskandon, even though Iskandon's a pretty decent fighter. You know, you know, he got a complete gift over Tyson Cave back in uh, 2014 and hasn't fought in quite a while. But then again, Gary Russell Jr. hasn't fought in quite a while. Yeah. He barely ever fights. You know, that's the reason why his career doesn't have much momentum. So, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine this... It's been more than a year. April 16th, last year. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so, I imagine, you know, Russell probably get a stoppage here just because, I mean, Escon Don is so short and he's getting up there in age as well. And, you know, Russell's just better than fought by far so uh, Russ would probably stop him and then fight like in another year <laughs> we move down the cards we go to Andre Durrell as he takes on uh, Jose uh, Ustegui uh, I believe I'm pronouncing this right Uscat uh, excuse me uh, Ustegu Ustegui Ustegui was pronounced that one more time Uscategi Uscategi got it so uh, that one goes down um Durrell is an interesting case because he's a guy who I thought that uh, I wasn't that high on him, but I thought that he had some decent outings in the Super 6. And, of course, I thought that, you know, he was, I mean, it was, of course, we see it now. Uh, his boxing performance over Arthur Abraham wasn't, you know, that great. But I really liked his performance over Carl Frost. Like, I thought that despite losing the split decision, I really thought that he did good things in that fight. Uh, 
And I thought that he was going to be better than what he ended up being. He's still a pretty good prize fighter, still made some money, uh, you know, wore a, a, a you know a title strap one period of time in his life. But I always worry about him in step-up opportunities. This isn't one of those those cases. But um, I've always been, you know, been a person that's uh, – I, I see him and I appreciate, you know, the time that he's put into boxing. But he never accomplished being, you know, a star. Uh, and he never – um, uh, blew me away with any of his performances long term. Uh, he's going against uh, uh, Jose. He's really coming off of uh, two. He got stopped his victory over Julius Jackson, and then before that, uh, he lost to what is it, Matt Corbo? There we go. Um, I feel like Corbo's brought in to be a. Or excuse me. I feel like Jose is brought in to be a simple, you know, an opponent, if you will. Uh, but I don't know if Darrell's going to take advantage of this the way he should, because you should blow guys out if they're brought in to be opponents for you. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is a, like a mandatory fight. It's IBF. Uh, interim? Interim, yeah, IBF interim. And I'm disagreeing with you here because I think Uskategi is going to stop Darrell. Oh, yeah? Oh, I yeah. like it. I like it. Darrell's yeah, tough to stop. It's a tough dude to stop. That's a big call. Well, he's been down, though, and he's been hurt. And, you know, he's getting up there. He doesn't fight that much. I think uh, Uskategi, you know, this is, this is his opportunity. It's kind of now or never for him because mm-hmm. he's, he's a pretty dangerous guy that doesn't have much of a name. So he's got to really capitalize on this opportunity. You know, I just think he's gotten a lot better since that Corbaugh fight. Korobov is better than people credit for. He's mm-hmm. really tough um, boxer stylist, especially self stance. Now Uskategi's up at 168 for a while, and um, you know much, much more filled into the way. So I think Uskategi stops Durrell. Interesting. I'm serious. That makes me curious to see how it goes. Stops Durrell is my favorite part of that whole thing. Uh, I thought that there's, I wasn't ruling him out from winning, but I definitely thought Darrell would win and, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily by a, a great distance, but I thought that he'd win because Darrell also has the ability to make things look ugly in periods of time. But I like that. Okay. Okay. I like the stoppage. Let's go ahead and move on as we talk about Rancid's Bartholomew as he takes on uh, Kirill uh, Relic. And uh, I look at this, you know, um, Bartholomew is a guy who, Split decision victory over Bay was his last one, um, and then he had the uh, uh, Dennis uh, uh, Shafikov victory. Uh, I have never been a guy who's super high on Rancis Patholomy. Like I just, I've got no problems if that's your guy, but just overall, I think he's okay. You know, I don't think that he's you know great or that he's bad. I just think that he's okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? And uh, you know, uh, you've been you know. What's his long-term outlook, I should say, because Ricky Burns just beat, you know, uh, Curl, and not that I think that Ricky Burns is bad or whatever, but I do think that he's a guy who's been in the game long enough, and uh, if you aren't in a more competitive outing than uh, that, and some scorecards come into play, if you're not competitive with him, I think you're going to struggle with Beth, or Beth, uh, Beth Yeah, you know, Bartelli's a really good fighter, but again, not really a big name, so and you know, he doesn't fight as much as he should, so it's kind of 
difficult to get the big opportunities, but you know, this is a this is an eliminator. I believe, yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, Relic. I thought he beat Ricky Burns, but obviously it's hard to get decisions in Scotland unless completely dominated like Indongo did. But I mean, it seems like a nightmare style matchup for Relic. You know, who's a guy who you know has to has to come forward like that. And Bartholomew has such a big height reach advantage, and he's the better boxer. So I just I imagine uh, Bartholomew wins. Pretty wide decision. Relic's a pretty tough guy, but I'd be surprised if Relic won. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap the show up. Uh, you know, we had a good time talking about the management. We had a good time talking about the fights. Any other fight in this card uh, before we wrap up? Anything of note that's on the undercard that maybe people aren't paying attention to? On the, not, not really on this one. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and call it there. Uh, actually, I will give the Stream Master a moment. Uh, sometimes there are fight cards that are going down. There's some stuff going down, you know, Acosta and Tanaka and, you know, and that kind of stuff, whatever. But anything that you think that people should pay attention to that maybe that they are not? Um, I see we've got uh, Noe fights this weekend with Rodriguez. Uh, anything? Yeah, there's a crazy amount of fights this weekend. It's probably the best fight weekend of the year so far. Uh, Thursday... Uh, IBF one fifty four eliminator in France, Cedric V two, Marcello Mazzano. V two will win that and then I can see Jared Hurd going to France to fight V two because France has money. Um, same card, uh, the young David Lemieux, Louis Toutain, is actually going up to light heavyweight in the seventh fight to fight a really experienced guy for the France light heavyweight title ten rounds. That's an interesting fight because I mean, the guy is like a huge pressure fighting powerhouse guy, kind of like Mew, so I'm interested to see how it does in the big step up. Also, Thursday, uh, Golden Boy on ESPN, and it's on ESPN, not ESPN2, the big ESPN. Um, Diego De Loya versus Eric Ruiz, you know, another fight in the development of Diego De Loya, and you know, Ruiz can be a difficult fight if he shows up. Demetrius Ballard versus uh, Adrian Luna, who's a regular sparring partner of Rio de Murata, a bunch of bone boy prospects, and there's just a ton of stuff. I'll, I'll do the Japan stuff and then call it because it's. Oh, actually, I gotta say, he went with Alcanus Thomas Ustwiesen in uh, Germany on Friday. Ustwiesen you know, has never quite lived up to his potential, but McCalkin's a uh, pretty decent opponent if he, he can win that then he can get himself closer to the mix now as for Japan obviously you already mentioned uh, Emily versus Ricardo because he's Trigas. the man yeah, yeah. <laughs> no he's the man he's all action he's like one of my favorite sit down he's fighting I want to watch every moment someone else who's the man Daigo Higa he's challenging for WBC fight title against Juan Hernandez. That's going to be a violent fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, same card, Ken Shiro in his 10th pro fight is fighting Ganigan Lopez for WBC light fight fight title. And Ken Shiro, you know, another uh, young Japanese guy on the fast track. It's going to be quite a fight. 
then the main event of that card was Ryota Murata versus Anandam. The big step up for Murata for the WBA regular title. Obviously, Kosei Tanaka against Angel Acosta for Tanaka's WBO flyweight title. Seven card in Nagoya. Could be an international fight, but I think Tanaka will stop him. And then on the Sunday, yeah, on the Inui card, you got Fukuri Yagashi, you know, one of the most exciting fighters of the last decade, against Milan Milindo for Yagashi's IBF flyweight. And prospect to watch out for Satoshi Shimizu, 2012 Olympic bronze medalist, in his third pro fight in an eight rounder against Takuya Yamamoto. He's also fast and featherweight and yeah stop there all right cool we'll go ahead and wrap the show up man i promise you i was gonna do some shout outs in the end but we're at the 48 minute mark so let's go ahead and wrap the show up we'll come back with him later uh ryan scully i say goodbye to the people peace out peace everybody